Well, hello everyone and welcome again to Saints Radio. I am so grateful for the opportunity to be in contact with our Saints family in this way, whether it is um, live for you or whether it's on archive. It's, it's truly a treasure to have this capacity, and I, I know that you join me in praying for the Lord to give us wisdom as to how to expand not, not just the possibility of contact, but to expand meaningful measures of productive contact. And that's, that's, that's truly something that I've been praying about, and I would invite you, if you've not already begun to do that, to pray in conjunction with this. You know, we're sincerely seeking the Father for direction in how to accumulate and present this message of the saints in a more compacted and effective way than we have, you know, basically preparing the table for mass distribution, and not just for that, but for uh, there to be, um, again, meaningful uh, distribution to individuals who are hungry, and how we do this in um, the various continents and people groups and languages, uh, I just, I'm just so desirous of us doing this right and for us to be prepared for what is going to be presented before us from our Father. And there really are great days ahead. Uh, today we want to, as the, the onus of why we're gathering we're going to reflect on blessings that the Lord has given us, and we're going to thank him for them. Uh, anytime there's a transitional period, you have to do that. And today is the last day of our current president, President Trump's um, administration. And I think that we, we as uh, saints need to give thanks. We've been praying in supplication. And um, God has heard those prayers in so many ways, but, but we truly do need to give thanks, and that's what we're going to do here in just a couple of minutes. But I did want to follow up with an announcement that we've made over the past week, and that is that our network seminar, the Dallas Seminar that is traditionally held here in March, will once again be a virtual meeting. And the title of the gathering is The Prophet. I am prayerfully considering the, the flow pattern of what God wants us to release. I think in so many ways this is going to be a first fruits of what we're going to try to to do in regard to so many other topics in the Pneumatikos arsenal. And 
I, I do believe that, you know, in this year of the prophet, it's good for us to, to truly understand what God has shown us as pneumatikos saints in regard to what the Bible says prophets really are and how they function. And I think that's necessary to, to not only from an informative standpoint, from a, but from a declarative standpoint in this year. I also think that for what is coming, what we read in the scripture about the connection of uh, the saints and the prophets for the end time, it's imperative for we as saints to establish definitively in our thinking what that combination might look like, what it might entail, and how it is um, how it is going to manifest in some ways. I think that all of the fivefold offices have been misconstrued by teaching. At first, most of them were debunked. I remember as not too long ago. I was in seminary, and we, I was being told at that point that there was no such thing as the apostolic anymore, that the last apostolic representative died when um, the last person to see Jesus before the ascension, when that person keeled over, that was it. And prophets were really not on the radar of Christians, you know, it was explained away, a message in tongues and an interpretation is equal to prophecy. To some degree that can be true, but it was just a convenient dodge for what a prophet really should be. And I think then that so many now think that prophets and apostles are active, but they've got a really overblown view of, of what it is. You know, there are so many people who say that they're apostles. That's almost like the modern day. Remember a few years ago, everybody was a general. And now they're apostles. As long as you have some measure of anointment and you can draw a crowd, well, you're an apostle. That's not what Scripture says. What that indicates is that you have some giftings and you've learned how to maneuver. I'm not saying that from a negative perspective. But I'm just saying that numbers don't indicate apostles. If that was the case, um, any gathering would be an indication of the apostolic. And the same with prophets. Prophets aren't just people who have spiritual perceptive capabilities and just have know how to thus says the Lord. You know, I've seen lots of people who have prophetic giftings. We encounter them, man, we encounter them so many times when we're traveling. And, you know, just because you can, thus says the Lord, or you can speak something with, with power doesn't mean you're actually prophetic. Uh, it just means that you are using your giftings and you're persuading people. Um, so anyway... We'll see what happens, but the seminar will be virtual. We'll be sending out, uh, I, I'm trying to determine right now whether we need to keep the same schedule that we've had. I'm not really sure that that needs to be, but it probably will be. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll just 
just be keep your 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 ears open and your eyes open for directives and about how the seminar is actually going to flow. So that, as they say, is that. Once again, um, I know all of us miss having Monica across the the holy table here. We continue to pray for her and Olivia and Les and um, asking that God will not only restore and bring health and vitality, but to say that however way this attack physically came, that it's going to flee in seven ways. My thinking, it was an unauthorized, it was an illegal attack. And um, you say, well, how can that happen? Well, you know, that happens a lot in Scripture. There are things that occur that never should have occurred, and because of that, God releases vengeance. And I'm believing for that. So um, I trust that you will continue to pray and we speak blessing and vitality over Monica. So the chit-chat doesn't really work with just one person. (laughs) So what we're going to do today is give thanks to the Lord for the things that he has done over this past four years. Yeah, there have been some tumultuous times. There have been things that have happened during this season that have been unimaginable. But on the other hand, there have been some great things that have happened. So I want to begin by reflecting on some of the things that I see and that we all see that the enemy is trying to do in um, kind of like trying to change the times, trying to go ahead of what God is allowing in this moment and really preparing a way for the things that are prophesied in Scripture that are actually going to happen. Uh, it's it's an amazing to me that you see some things that are occurring that are part of the mainstream right now that you ratchet them up just a little bit, bit and it's, it's not only Orwellian, but it's in time-in. Things that you see that the Bible says will be happening in the end times, you see the precursors of them. Like, for instance, um, the cancel culture, which is trying to ban people from livelihoods due to a differing opinion politically, that's rampant. It's just everywhere. You see it. You don't have to look for it. It's smacking you right smack dab in the face. The the thing, the big one now is deprogramming or reprogramming. I think you heard about the executive from PBS that was caught on camera from Project Veritox that was stating that you probably should start putting people in the, quote, Trump cult or people who don't believe in 
the liberal ideology or the progressive ideology, put them into reprogramming camps, take their children away. And somebody in the background said, yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, that dude lost his job. But, you know, that was the tip of an iceberg. That's being said everywhere. You heard Katie Couric um, stating on Bill Maher the other day that comparing conservative thought to a cult and there needs to be a reprogramming or deprogramming. These things are being said all over the place. And it's, it's gained wide acceptance. Who would have ever thought in the United States that would be? And we heard it over the past couple of years, even in our Saints Network, in regard to people in their religious beliefs or concerning the Scripture. Instead of deprogramming and reprogramming, it was called deconstructing. You know, we want to honor and bless the group of saints we came out from. But, you know, they're kind of behind the times. They're gauche now. They're, they're missing the mark. They're not following the love of God. So we just need to deconstruct the things we learned there. Say it with a smile on your face. That's demonic, and it's just, it's the religious version of deprogramming. That's a demonic strategy. It's starting to gain its foothold, and so I'm not saying this to be produce fear, but it's there, and so you might as well start believing God for how we can triumph over it and in the midst of it. You know, the vaccination business with COVID and uh, vaccination visas. You know, we had a taste of it. I understood this. <clears throat> like when you go into certain countries, <clears throat> third world countries, you have to prove you've been vaccinated in certain ways, particularly from the yellow fever. And you have to show a document when you go or they'll yank you out of the line and take you to a back room and po- and jab you, as the British say. They'll poke you with a, whatever the vaccination thing and then quarantine you until it takes effect. We've had that, but now, boy, you, you can't get on a flight um, overseas unless you're showing that. And that's going to escalate, you know, in some ways, not just because of um, disease, Um we're seeing things implemented that might be innocent on the surface, but they're setting a groundwork for things. You know, the mark of the beast. No one can buy or sell um, or engage in commerce unless they take that and lay on their face in proscuneo before this coming world system. So, we saw a little of that proscuneo during the protests last summer where it was shocking to see people laying on their face. I know what they were supposed to be doing it for, the George Floyd travesty. We all lament what happened there. But to see hundreds of young people laying on their face in public squares, uh, that, that was shocking to me. You know, shocking to me. So anyway, let's rejoice at some of the things. Let's give thanks for some of the good things 
that happened over these past four years. Okay? And so this is not political. This is just giving thanks. The first one that I want to speak about is that um, ISIS was basically destroyed. And some of the leaders of uh, terrorist organizations were eliminated. Four years ago, five years ago, six years ago, ISIS was running roughshod, killing, maiming. And I'm not saying it's been totally eliminated from the mindsets of certain people or pocket groups, but it's, it's gone. Caliphate, destroyed, mostly. And I want to thank God for that. I also want to thank God that our, our um, alliance and uh, partnership with Israel was strengthened. We moved our capital to Jerusalem. And we were able to see four historic peace accords with Arab states, between Arab states and Israel, being galvanized and agreed upon. That's miraculous. It's not world peace, but it's, it's miraculous. And the uh, agreement between our current president and uh, the leadership in, in Israel was very good. I, I see one of the lies that just keeps being told that President Trump and his administration is anti-Semitic. You have to be, I, I'm not even going to say what you have to be to promulgate that lie. I mean, his son-in-law is a Jewish person. His daughter uh, became a, uh, was proselyted into the Jewish faith. And all of these things that have been done for Israel, the, the, the stand against Iran and their stated objective to destroy Israel and to destroy the United States, how can, how can anybody in their right mind, and I think you highlight that last descriptive, not give thanks for what has largely been a measure of stability and peace? I could say the same thing with our stand against China and North Korea. Um, those things are incredible. I don't know what's going to happen in the days to come, but... Um, I'm, I'm just grateful for relative peace. And, you know, all the stories about Russia and collusion and all that, it, it, it never was um, proven, but yet it's stated as if it's happened. I'm not going to go too far there. But I want to thank the Lord. Now, I have never been one who worships Israel. I, I, think, I think to some degree, uh, places where we've traveled, we've seen entire worship gatherings turn into a worshiping of Israel. I've never been in favor of that, and I don't think God is in favor of it either. But I will stand as an American and as a Christian and say, 
we will defend Israel and we will not abandon what God says in his word that our viewpoint should be toward Israel. And I think this current president has stood for that. And, you know, I used to hear this said, and I think to some degree it's true, that if if a preacher continually preaches against something, chances are there's some skeletons in the closet, in his closet, or behind the door about that very thing in their own life. And that, you know, is not a hard and fast rule, but we've seen it over and over again in the years that it could be that. And I see that what the many uh, atheistic and liberal viewpoints, what they say over and over again in accusation is basically indicative of what they really are, whether that's fascist or, you know, anti-Semitic, whatever. You know, I hear that uh, this current president was anti-LBGTQ. Finally, know the progression of those letters. I hope they don't add another one. It could just totally destroy the alphabet for me. But show me one thing that the current president has done that has been against that belief system. I don't see it, but yet it's said as if it is absolutely true. There's something that I'm very grateful for as well. The Supreme Court, uh, conservative, um, constitutional um, appointments that have been made. Uh, I'm very grateful for that. And the federal judges that have been appointed, I'm grateful for that. Um. And I continue to believe that there's going to be um, some monumental change in our country's abysmal view, uh, standpoint on abortion. I'm, I'm grateful for the religious freedoms that have been defended over these past four years and for the many ways that Christians, evangelicals, and Pentecostals have had access to the Oval Office. Now, there have been some things that have been put up on um, on the media that I thought maybe that's a little too pearly before swiney and uh, maybe you shouldn't be doing all that because you you, got to be really careful not denying what you believe, but don't cast your pearls before swine. But I'm not going to go too far with that, but, but from the viewpoint of having access to be able to say Merry Christmas, to be able to say we're a nation under God, to speak about Jesus openly, to have statements about prayer and hearing from God, even though on some liberal staged programs that was called as a sign of mental illness, I'm grateful that at least that was allowed I'm grateful that we were able to restore some semblance of order in our connection with our neighbor to the south, Mexico, and um, glad for the agreements that were brought into play between our president and Obrador of Mexico. Uh, I don't know what's going to come in the future. We better hope and believe 
that the open border thing will not really manifest itself until this COVID scourge has been brought under control. I'm also grateful, whatever, whatever you believe regarding the vaccine, I'm not going there. Maybe I shouldn't even bring this about, but the fact that a vaccine could be created in less than a year is, is unheard of. That's all I'm going to go with (laughs) to this point. But to me, if that can bring about some semblance of order for our cities and for the nations, um, let it be. I'm not advocating that anybody take it. I'm not speaking about the fetus involvement or any of those things or the 666 or any of that. I'm not going there. But it's it's just amazing that, that that could be done. I'm grateful that our military was beefed up. I'm grateful that the VA has had some measure of reorganization and that veterans were able to choose doctors and hospitals and not get into that um, morass of what the the VA system was in so many ways. My father-in-law suffered at the hands of of, uh, a corrupt VA system and he paid the price for it and we and our family lament that. I won't go into too many details there but I, I pray that our veterans will continue to be able to get the help they need and that our nation can honor those that gave themselves. I'm grateful for the energy independence that we enjoyed. And, um, the fact that gas prices were down and heating costs were down and energy costs were down and that we were independent and that we were able, able to export and gain revenue I mean, I don't care what you say. That every American should be grateful that you could go and fill up your vehicle and buy premium gas for a dollar eighty-nine a gallon. That's uh, that's a miracle to me. Oh well, we shouldn't have fossil fuels. Well, why don't you start riding your bicycle around instead of driving your car? How about that? Put your put your money and your muscles where your mouth are, or is where your mouth are. Well, I said I wasn't going to get political, but I'm going to keep going. I, I'm very grateful that uh, our economy, even with the COVID debacle, is done very well. Uh, our retirement uh, investments have been blessed. That can go like that, but. As it stands now, it's it's pretty good. Um, I'm I'm very very grateful for the advances were made in the Negro College funding. I'm grateful that the median income rose. I think it was set at like seventy thousand. That's that's more than I make. I gotta I gotta get going with that. Um, it's the lowest unemployment rates in um, minorities. In decades, um, I am grateful for all of that. Um, I, I really am grateful. 
Uh, let's see. What else did I jot down here? I guess that's probably about all I'm going to say. Uh, with the exception of the fact that the, the, that Americans are, are at heart good people. This idea that white people are of the devil and that we lack melanin and, you know, it, it's just Jim Crow reversed. And it's, it's wicked. It's evil. It sets a divide. It's that sermon that I preached on Sunday about the four wells of Abraham and Isaac and um, how there's strife and then there's accusation and then the, the broad place, the Rehoboth place is blocked. And ultimately then the, the, the oath of God, the, the seven spirits of God, is the ways of God are, are prohibited. That's, that's the enemy. And we're going to overcome in all of those. And we are overcoming. But we see it playing out in our country. You know, this is a weird statement, and I'm not going to go too far with this. I know I've said that four times now. That um, Did you realize that in the, the Brookings Institute recently came out with the, the results of the last election that 84% of the counties in the United States voted conservatively. 2,497 counties voted conservatively. That meant 16% of the counties in this United States voted for the progressive agenda. You know, when President Obama was elected for his second term, 22% of the counties voted for um, the Democrat agenda. And I think... Obama's agenda is much different. Now, there may be some similarities, much different than the current progressive agenda. And it's worlds. If you listen to some of the things that Bill Clinton said, he sounds more like Donald Trump. Make America great again was some of the things that he said, quote unquote. I'm not going to go too far. My point with this is that we need to recognize that a lot of the things that are being said um, as if they're fact about you and about me are lies. And we need to pray that God will preserve through innovation our ability to express the gospel. You know, the parlor being suspended and shut down, the sites being set on rumble and others. We need to believe that there is going to be through this, when the enemy comes in one way, that there are going to be multiple avenues to where, I'm not really even speaking about conservative issues. I'm speaking about the pathway of what we need to be teaching to the saints around the world. That's the end target by the enemy. Um, he's just setting the stage because, you know, it's like what was said during the Iron Curtain and what was said about Hitler and uh, Mussolini. When they came for my neighbor, I didn't say anything. Now they're coming for me. We need to see that the objective by our enemy, he doesn't care about conservative viewpoints necessarily. He, can, he cares about what God wants to do through sons. 
that's the end goal for the enemy. And so we need to believe that God's going to open up doors, that he's going to open up venues, and that this the enemy's trying to shut down the message of the saints before the time. He's blocked, but he's going to be broken. And um, we, we have to, as saints, be wise and pray. Choose our battles. Choose the things that we, um, we stand against and spend more time standing for something than against something. And our battle is in prayer. You know, our, our battle is in the gifts God has given us. And so we need to, we need to be wise. We need to spend time with our Heavenly Father. We need to pray according to his mysteries. And we need to hear what he would say, gain his perspective, and do those things. But it's, it's incredible. I mentioned on Sunday that I had the privilege of speaking to uh, a number of folks in France this past weekend. And um, you see the same types of things going on, not only there, but in other nations. This is a worldwide effort of the enemy to try to hasten the time of the end. And um, that's, to me, the major manifestation of what Daniel says, the enemy will try to change the times. You know, it's, it's difficult to really understand that unless you know the way the enemy has worked. I think the main way that the enemy tries to change the times is to try to bring them about beforehand. Over and over again in the Scripture, we see that people did things at the wrong time in advance of what they should do. Instead of waiting to do them in obedience, they did it before time, and they got punished for it. Uh, whether it's King Saul, or whether it's um, Ahaz, or whether it's whoever it might be. There are a number of examples. Even the enemy with, with Eve, hath God said, you know, God was, I, my belief is that God was simultaneously, according to his timing, correcting raw uh, in partnership with Adam and Eve. And the, the point of restoration of the saints was happening then. And the enemy said, you know what, why don't you just reach out and do this on your own volition? And, um, you know, the way you overcome evil was, is good. We know that. So the way you correct raw is by doing the tobe. And But Eve reached out and took uh, in an, an illegal act, and it destroyed. So the way the enemy tries to do things is to do them before the time. Um, I think, you know, the Bible says had... Had the, the princes of this world known the ramifications of the crucifixion, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. That's true. That's true. What, what did God give because of that? Redemption to the Father, sonship, cleansing of sins, 
the, the cross in an active way in our histemes, and on and on it goes. When, you know, if you could go back and say, okay, let's just let this ride. Don't anybody kill Jesus. Just let his teachings go. Let him live a life as, as a man, which is what he came to do as a fully man, fully God. And soon he's going to go the way of all flesh. And these disciples and whoever else he makes, we can deal with them a lot easier. Um, you know, that would, that would make sense. It's the council of Gamaliel. Let these, let these ones go. And we know what happened after that first century. You had all kinds of heresy that just began to blossom in the church. And um, it's, it's just ridiculous. But the enemy acted on his hatred. He acted on in a way that was really presumptive. I mean, it, it happens over and over again. And I think that the way the enemy tries to change the times is usually trying to press things before the time. But in, in the opposite way, you know, Jesus says, remember the fig tree. And when you're serving God as an intercessor, you're always pressing ahead in intercession. You're calling those things that be not as though they are, but you've got to wait on the timing of God. You want to hear from God and you want to declare those things that be not as though they are. And you want to see uh, what God has not yet done in the natural you're, you're praying about it. You, you know, the, you're the prophets and friends of God. God, before he does a thing, he tells them. And, um, um, you know, you're praying about that, but you're waiting ever on the timing of God. I, and I, I, I think that that's kind of a twist in obedience um, where we're praying for what is coming in conjunction with our Father, but we're waiting on his timing. The enemy identifies things that he wants to do, and he presses ahead. I, I just think it's interesting. It's just very interesting. Patience is the first sign of any apostolic, I don't want to say of the apostle, I say that all the time, but of any apostolic calling, patience. So you're pressing ahead with what God has given that he wants to do that's not been done, but you're waiting. It's it's somewhat of a it's somewhat of a an oxymoron uh, of timing, you know. This is what is going to be, but we're acting like we're not in any hurry to get there because we're waiting on the timing. Uh, but the enemy sees something, and with lust and pride and bravado, he goes ahead, and that's what's happening right now. And I'm only I'm believing that there's going to be a spiritual backlash to this crazy and wicked pressing ahead, um, that the light of the Lord is going to erupt, and whatever the enemy has tried to do is going to be thrown down. You know, you see progressions in the book of Daniel where the saints of God are going to inherit the kingdom, and they're going to overcome but then God's going to allow them to be overcome. And then they're going to overcome again. And then God's going to... You see that vacillation back and forth. And you think, how can that be? It's just what God does. You, you take ground and then you take a stand. 
You make ready, you take a stand. When you've done all to get to this point of standing, then you stand. Um, hurry up, get it done, and then wait. You're hungry, and you're full, and you've got to be hungry again. I, 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 just, I just believe that we need to see what's happening through Pneumatikos' eyes and to act as if we trust the God who's in control. He's not lost. Um, I, I think that God is testing us. How much, how much do you believe in me? And I, I think our main goal right now is to wait on the Lord and to trust him and to keep praying and to prepare oh you can get you can get tired head listening to the nonsense that's being spewed in the in the media oh my goodness and then you see things that happen congressionally and in the senate and you think what is wrong with these people what is what is wrong? And then you hear nonsense being spewed out by those who are elected leaders. And you, you almost, you have to look at it and be as wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove and draw back to your place of strength. And, you know, one of the things we see, um, like, I love what Elijah said, um, I, he was called to a meeting with the, the kings of the North and South Kingdom. And I, he walks in and he says, look, I don't have any respect for you. The only reason I'm here is I have a fledgling amount of respect for this guy over here. And I don't like this atmosphere. So bring a minstrel and let them pray. And I'm going to go play. And I'm going to go into... I'm, these are my words, into the zone, the atmosphere of God. I'm going to welcome that here. It wasn't because the instrument was so great. There was some ridiculous teaching that's gone on about how the instrument is really the main thing. Well, I beg to differ. God sent his son the living word. He didn't send him the living instrument. And when God said light... He didn't play a Van Halen rift. He spoke it. If God thought the instruments were all that great and wonderful, he would have done it in a different way. Now, I believe in the instruments. I believe that we let them prophesy. But I also believe that they are a means to an end. And I do know that music then can carry, the instruments can carry the message. Some of my favorite pop tunes that I enjoyed growing up. The, it was the melody and the orchestration that really made the song a hit because if you actually listen to the words, they make no sense at all. Even some of the phrases that we didn't understand what they meant, we, we, didn't, know, we didn't even know what they were saying. We thought we knew, but, the, but it was the music that sounded great. In fact, yeah, I hear that a lot of times on, in, in Christian circles. 
you know, you'll have a great song, but you listen to some of the words and without being critical, I mean, two plus two is four. I don't care how nice it's sung. If it says two plus two is six or something else. So the instruments are a vehicle for the word, both in welcoming the word and in releasing the word. And um, so I, I think that I think that when Elijah welcomed that, um, or Elisha welcomed that, uh, that instrument player, it was to set a stage. It's just like when we play CDs here during the, the, the um, times of intercession. It's not because those songs are equal to the Bible. They're a means to an end. And, you know, just as a song can lead you into the presence, there are a lot of songs that I think, man, somebody get up and turn that off. It is hindering what the Spirit's wanting to do right now. It is absolutely nonsense. And I'm really, I took off on it. I better do a U-turn and get back up on the road again. But he then prophesied. And I think we've got to be in a position where you've got, let's say, the North and the South kingdoms or republics and Democrats. We've got to come before the Lord as a prophet and hear what God's saying and know where the Valley of Ditches should be done, dug. Because you've got to be careful digging a Valley of Ditches right now because there's some in Congress that would like to lay you in it. Purge you. So, um, I, I just, I think that if we would simply step back <coughs> and find our place in the Lord and trust him, all will be well. I mean, it's, it's a crazy business. Uh, in this business with the wells, you know, the wells of Isaac, we, we're we really setting the stage for the fulfillment of the ways of God and what will happen immediately before that, the Rehoboth, where it is a secure place and the roadways are open. You think about voice thunders, lightnings, earthquakes, the way the enemy has tried to stop. He's trying to stop the voice. He's trying to pollute the voice. He's trying to give an uncertain sound where, well, here's the voice of the saints, but there's also this voice, and then there's this voice, and is this the only way God can speak? You know, we, we need to hear all these other voices because they're all God. Nonsense. It's strife. And then you see um, accusation. Oh, they're racist. Oh, they're misogynist. Oh, they're this. Oh, they're that. They're not loving. You know, uh, they're they're wicked. They're evil. They're heretical. They're they're a cult. Now, I've been through that before. The weird thing is, is that I saw this same strategy when we first began to walk as saints, and the the exact same strategy where there was strife and contesting of the word and the teachings, and then accusations followed. And then, you know, we're going we're gonna to blacklist you. You won't be able to minister. You won't be able to go anywhere. 
We won't be able to do anything. Your ministry is over. And we came into a fullness of understanding what the ways of God were trying to communicate at that time. And then it opened the door for an incredible measure of expansion through which we met many of you. We're in that same boat right now. The enemy always tries to apply this resistance to Abraham and Isaac. Now, we don't really see that Jacob was as prolific in the well digging, even though the woman at the well came to Jacob's well, which is kind of interesting. Maybe we'll look at that. I don't want to get out of Isaac teaching before it's the time. But the way we counter strife and accusation and hindrance to movement and the, the absolute attempt to block the, the everlasting ways of God, the way we overcome that is by doing the tobe. We lift our voice, voice, thunders, lightnings, earthquakes. We've got to be that. And that's the solution. You know, you, again, I don't want to get too political, but some of you thought the solution was voting. Some of you thought the solution was voicing your opinion. Some of you thought the solution was contradicting, uh, coming against wicked statements that were being put up on the internet. Um, and and I, I applaud your, your noble attempts. But from what we can see, those things have their limits. And I, I do believe that during this, on this day, this last day of this last administration, whatever you thought about it, I, I, I'm just saying the things that I mentioned here, at least a few of them, we as Christians should applaud. And I think we need to give thanks to God for them. We don't know what the future holds, but for what we've enjoyed, even the good things that we can all agree on, we need to give thanks. I need to give thanks. And what do we do tomorrow? We pray for who's been put in leadership over us, in, in the natural, in this nation, in this, on a national scale, not in the natural, because God is over us there. But we bless and we offer supplication. I, I, it's easy to do when you agree, when your, when your political um, representative is in office, but it's it's more difficult to do when you don't really like the person that's in there. And I'm not saying who likes or who doesn't like. I'm not saying that. Ah. <sighs> Boy, I'm dancing on the line here, aren't I? Because I know we have to focus on what we're called to be as saints. It's the only thing that works, and it's the only thing that's eternal, and it's what we've been trained to do as saints. And that's the one thing. God has never failed us. Never. Never. And he never will. Even though we may not understand, we trust it's so like Job said to his friend, 
though he slays me, or it appears that he's slaying me, I will yet trust. God's in control. We've got a lot of work yet to do, saints. There are things that are going to be known and enjoyed and partnered within in our walk together that are going to be so far beyond any blessing we've known. It's, it's, it's exciting, and we need to keep our eyes on that. Um, I, I am firmly in belief. You know, think about what happened on the day of Pentecost when the church was first born and the, the manifestation of tongues was first expressed. You had the people of God hiding running for their lives, as it were. Um, you had those that were out to, to kill the, the disciples. You had people mocking. You had people doubting. You had religious leaders and uh, political leaders that had done what they thought was a a lethal blow to the the movement of the church. But yet, in the midst of that, the promise of the Father came. And an incredible, incredible, miraculous display came and an empowerment. If God can do that at the birth of the church, what can he do now? And I'm not taking any political side. I mean, I'm really not. I, I know it seems like I am. But... I guess what I'm saying that hopefully everybody can agree with, this world is not our home. We want the work of God to be done. We as saints want to partner with him in holiness. We want to intercede. Let's do that. Let's do that. And let's listen to the voice of God. And let's begin to believe for the breakthroughs that are coming, the visitation of his light that is coming. Let's prepare for that as the Spirit directs. And let's, uh, let's be expectant. But today, let's thank the Lord for the good things that he's done. And let's not be as the, the nine lepers who did not give thanks. Because these things, and I, I didn't touch on all of them, but these things are great, great miracles that I, that I mentioned. And we should all be grateful for that. Well, it's uh, pertinier time to say goodbye. I want to thank you for joining this uh, Saints Radio broadcast today. And we look forward to tomorrow for Wednesday Night Live. And I pray for you that God will bless you on this day, that he will visit you, that he perhaps... The best wine he saves for last on this day. Let there be a release of the power and the presence of God to you and your family and your ministry. 
in a way beyond anything you've ever experienced. It's not about experience, but that's how we indicate that God has done something. Experience can be a fickle a fickle weather vane, but we need to just give thanks to the Lord and and expect in fact I I release that to you today. May today be a day that is uh, a, a, a miraculous demonstration in at least one way for every one of us. But let's go before the Lord and give thanks. And let's look expectantly to what he's promised. And again, we'll see you tomorrow, Wednesday Night Live. Thanks for joining. And until... Uh, Next week, for the next Saints Radio broadcast, God bless you abundantly. Goodbye.